Hello and welcome to this Life Changes podcast. You are now listening to one of our Sunday messages. If you'd like to know more about Life Changes, you can visit us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Now lean in and enjoy. This morning I'm going to be talking to you from my bent, my gift of an equipping evangelist and my heart is to help those on the inside of a local church to get on the outside and to live making a difference. My heart is to be able to stir and communicate to you the passion and the greatness of the God that we serve and for us to take that beyond the four walls of the church. Now this morning I'm looking at a very familiar portion of Scripture, but don't let its familiarity rob you of fresh, deeper insight. Because often we can look at a text, but there's more to that text than meets the eye. It's when your heart engages with that text and it changes your life. That's when you really begin to live. I'd like you to please turn with me to Isaiah chapter 52, and I'm going to be reading from verse 4 to 10. Before we read that particular portion of Scripture, I would just like to give you briefly the historical context of it, and then we're going to be looking at its practical application, which is just as important. Now, the nation of Israel were God's chosen people. They were the ones called to be a blessing to the nations of the earth through their relationship with God, Jehovah. God had called the nation of Israel to be a blessing to the world. Now, you and I, in Christ Jesus, are heirs of Abraham and are called to be a blessing to the nations of the earth. We often got to move from beyond, I'm blessed in Christ in heavenly places, to God, wherever I go, I want to be a blessing. Now, the nation of Israel were called primarily to live out their relationship with God. But God, sadly, people's hearts, because of sin, wandered from God, and they lived in tragically idolatry, and they forsook God, and they wandered away. God sent prophets along the way to urge and nudge the nation of Israel to get back in relationship with God. And the prophets warned them that if they forsook God, the consequences is that they'll be taken captive by the enemies. Um, There was the Babylonians that invaded Israel in plus or minus 600 BC, destroyed the temple, and many of the fine young men were taken to Babylon as captives. And you're familiar with some of them, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, etc., etc. But God spoke through Daniel the prophet and Jeremiah, you can find them in Daniel 9, Jeremiah 25, beautiful prophecies that after 70 years that they were going to be released from their captivity and go back to their promised land, the nation of Israel. Now with that context, I'd like to read from verse 4 of Isaiah chapter 52. For this is what the sovereign Lord says. At first my people went down to live in Egypt. Lately Assyria has oppressed them. And now what do I have here, declares the Lord. For my people have been taken away for nothing, and those who rule them mock, declares the Lord. And all day long my name is constantly blasphemed. 
Therefore my people will know my name. Therefore in that day they will know that it is I who foretold it. Yes, it is I. Verse 7, very familiar text. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who proclaim good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say in Zion, our God reigns. Listen, you watchmen, lift up your voices together. They shout for joy. When the Lord returns to Zion, they will see it with their own eyes. Burst into songs of joy together, you ruins of Jerusalem. For the Lord has comforted his, his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord will lay bare his holy arm in the sight of all the nations. And all the ends of the earth will see the salvation of their God. A wonderful portion of scripture which I'd like just to unpack a little bit this morning. And I've entitled my message this morning, Beautiful Feet. Beautiful feet. And this morning when I was getting dressed, one thing I made sure of, I didn't want to have socks with holes in them. And the front row, you don't have to hold your breath. I promise you. Now you might say, well, Wally, what's this whole thing of beautiful feet? Which is in Bible times, they had what they called like a running postman. Nowadays, We've got Twitter. What are those other things you mentioned? Facebook. Um, you know, Instagram. And um, there's the news. There's WhatsApp. You know, Fidel Castro does Friday night, half past ten. Saturday morning, the world knows already. Now, in Bible times, there was not the internet. There was not... Uh, my, my daughters can't believe that I lived in a day and age and grew up where there was no cell phones, no internet, no TV. No, Dad. Who were your friends? Abraham, Moses, Noah, no. It was just the day in which we lived. Now, in Bible times, it was even worse than that. Sometimes they got news months down the road. They got news months down the road, and they were like postmen, but they would run. And they would run from city to city, village to village, covering hundreds of miles. And they brought good news of births, of marriages, alliances, victories, harvest, etc. Now when those running postmen brought good news, they were said to have beautiful feet. Isn't that an amazing concept? Now the nation of Israel had been captive for 70 years. And into that context, Isaiah steps in. And he says that the, 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 your captivity under King Cyrus was coming to an end and they would be returning back to their, their nation, the land of promise. So Isaiah was the first one to be like a prophetic postman bringing good news of that there was liberation, there was freedom. He stepped. Now, Isaiah's prophecy wasn't just the prophecy that he was going to deliver, it was going to have a multifaceted outworking. A multifaceted outworking. Jesus, when he commenced his three and a half year public ministry, guess what? He started 
with that very portion of scripture in Luke chapter 4 verse 16. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the what? Good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. You know, if you read that text a little bit further in verse 18 and 19, it says, everyone turned their eyes on him. Because this was a messianic prophecy that Jesus stood and said, I'm going to fulfill. Isaiah for the nation of Israel, Jesus for the world, commencing his ministry. But then also in the book of Romans, chapter 10, verse 15, the apostle Paul says this, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. He is wanting the church's feet to begin to be beautiful as they begin to bear the good news of freedom and liberty. <clears throat> A number of years ago, maybe five or six years ago, I enjoyed playing squash, but I injured my heel to the point where I was hobbling. I couldn't play. So I've got an amazing doctor that does home visits called Dr. Google. <laughs> and I, I, I put in all my, <laughs> my ailment, how I was battling, and I, I could take this symptom, this symptom, this symptom, this symptom. And it said that I had a plantar fasciitis nerve problem. <laughs> but the worst remedy was there. It said you had to rest for at least three to four months. It was the worst diagnosis I could have ever got. I wouldn't mind having an injection on the hour, every hour, just to be mobile. I remember they said that you have to sleep with a special brace. I went down to look at it on Google again, and I saw what it cost. I said, Shirley, I'm going to make this thing. <clears throat> and I put together my tools, and I made it, and it worked. I remember old Brett, he laughed when I showed him that. But it took about three or four months. But, but I did sense in that particular time God saying that he wants to heal and beautify his church's feet. He wants to heal and beautify his church's feet. Now it's interesting, your foot is in a seriously complex piece of God engineering. Did you know that in your foot there are 26 bones? 33 joints, and more than a hundred muscles, tendons, ligaments. You've got all sorts of feet, short feet, long feet, broad feet, but it's beautiful feet that I'm wanting to talk about this morning. Now your feet play an important role in both your physical and spiritual well-being. You might say, well, how does it affect my spiritual well-being? Now we're very familiar with that portion of scripture in Matthew chapter 12, verse 34, where the Bible says, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. But equally, what your heart is full of, so do your feet go. So in other words, what your heart is full of will come out your mouth, but your feet will equally go there. Proverbs chapter 1, verse six, 10 to 16 just paraphrasing it and summarizing. It says, My son, if sinners entice you, do not go with them. Do not set foot on their paths, for their feet rush into sin. Again in Proverbs 6 verse 18, 
six things, and there's seven things that are despicable to the Lord. Haughty eyes, lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood. It goes on and then it says feet that are quick to rush into evil. So you need to see the link between your heart, your words, your mouth, and your feet. And what a beautiful feet look like. It's nothing to do with shape or size. The Hebrew word is naha. Naha. And I'm hoping this morning that there will be a deeper understanding of what beautiful feet. The word beautiful means befitting, suitable, and appropriate. I want to say to you this morning, beautiful feet walk in the essence of the gospel. Beautiful feet walk in the essence of the gospel, which is a real growing relationship with God as a Father, Jesus Christ as Lord, in the power of Holy Spirit. Christianity, the gospel, is an essence of relationship. You know how many people I talk to, and the moment anything about God comes, oh, I go to church. Oh, I read my Bible, I pray. I say, all those things are helpful. But there needs to be something real by way of a connection in your heart to God as a Father. Is Jesus Christ Lord? Are you living in your own strength or in the power of Holy Spirit? See, everything about life is relationship with God and with one another. John chapter 17 verse 3, Jesus summarizes eternal life. It's to know Him. And there's a beautiful phrase that you see linked throughout Scripture where it terms the word walked with. You know, God and Adam and the Garden of Eden, it says they walked together. You walk with your feet. You walk and talk. Enoch, it says, walked with God and then was no more. You look at Abraham, Joseph, Joshua, they all walked with God. A beautiful expression of the essence of beautiful feet. Walking together with God. I love this portion of Scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16, where Paul says this, We are a temple of the living God. As God said, I will live with them and walk among them. I will walk among them and I'll be their God and they'll be my people. See, beautiful feet walk in faith and obedience to God's word. If you want your feet to be beautiful, there's a life of faith and obedience to God's word. Now often we talk about poor old Job. All the woes that Job had. But we look at the end of the book of Job and we see how God blessed him with a double portion. But you know what I believe personally was the key to the double portion of Job's blessing? It's found in Job 23, verses 10 to 12. Job says this, My feet have closely followed his steps. Job's feet were beautiful feet. Job's feet were beautiful feet. Beautiful feet walk in the essence of the gospel, a relationship with God. Secondly, beautiful feet carry the essence of the gospel that's who God is. It's interesting, our feet bear the load of the weight of our body. My poor feet have to carry just over a hundred kilos of sheer muscle. 
here we are here. <coughs> Only kidding. I do have a six pack, but it's hidden in a cooler box. <laughs> it's a round cooler box, the shape of a barrel. <laughs> but our feet carry the weight of our body. Can I say to you, beautiful feet carry the weight of who God is. Of His love, His kindness, His grace, His forgiveness, His acceptance. It's beginning to reflect who God is to the world that don't know Him. That's what it's all about when we begin to see beautiful... We're called to reflect Him in all different areas and different ways. Now the interesting thing in Bible times, whenever a new king took over a throne, one of the first things they did was besides taking out the previous king, they took out all the king's sons so that their sons wouldn't cause a rebellion and then a coup and then take the throne. And they would go as far as all the grandchildren, they would just take them out. They were ruthless. They were ruthless, except for King David, who the Bible says was a man after God's own heart. And there's a fascinating Incident in 2 Samuel chapter 9, you can read the whole of chapter 9, but in verse 3, King David says this to his servant, Ziba. He says, Is there anyone still left in the house of Saul to whom I can show the kindness of God? Not take him out, but show the kindness of God. Doesn't the Bible say in Romans chapter 2 verse 4, it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. And Zippah the servant said, yes, there is still a son of Jonathan. But he makes this profound thing. But he is crippled in both feet. His name is Mephibosheth, grandson of King Saul. Then he said to him, bring him here. And when Mephibosheth comes to King Saul, he saw himself like a dead dog. You read it there. And he thought his life was going to end. But you know what King Saul says? He says, bring him to my palace, my king. And from now on, he's going to eat at my table for as long as he lives. See, God's kindness through David picked up a crippled grandson of King Saul and put him at the king's table. It's God's kindness that lifted us up from being dead to sin made us alive with Him, seated in heavenly places. That's the kindness of God. Can I say to you this morning, church, beautiful feet lift others up. Beautiful feet encourage others. Beautiful feet reflect Him. Wherever we go, whatever we do, it was Friday afternoon, I had to go to the build at Penny Pinches here in Montague Garden just to get some, some grouting to do a bit of DIY at home. And I found the gray, and, and there was light gray, and dove gray, and dark gray. I didn't realize it was so complex. And anyhow, I took the particular gray, and as I went to, as you exit, there's a security guard that checks it all out. And he said, you, you've got the right gray, you've paid the amount, but the code is different. You've got to go get it all exchanged, and you've got to get refunded and get it again. I'm thinking to myself, oh no, that's another 20 minutes, half an hour. 
So he says, no, sir, it's part of procedure. So I said, okay, not a problem. So I had to go to another till where I got a refund, and there was a lady in front of me that had three planks of wood. And she was getting a refund. And I overheard her saying, I'm bringing this wood back because my husband's business has closed and we're trying to recoup all we can. Guess what? I had an opportunity to have beautiful feet. I introduced myself to her, Tamarin. I said, Tamarin, I overheard what's happened to you. How are you coping? And we ended up having a great conversation Go to details, husband, Warwick, and this coming week, I'm going to meet up with them. But you see, a situation that I thought, what could come of it? I was a little irritated because it was going to be another 20 minutes to get the refund. But I'm looking wherever I go, God, how can my feet be beautiful feet? That's how God wants us to live. God wants us. How many of you know uh, the Spur Breakfasts? Use cafe breakfast. Can I encourage you what I do? If there are any Samis left over, I make them, wrap them up in a napkin, and I'm saying, Jesus, who on my way home, which one of those people at the robots, give me something to eat, give me some food, I can just say, I'm not going to give you my, but here's something that's going to just fill the gap a little bit. You know any opportunities I've been able just to love people that way? But guess what happens if whatever you leave on your plate, I found out it goes into a bin that pigs get to eat. And I say people are so much more important. Little things you can just make such a difference. Can I say to you, beautiful feet, unashamedly tell his story. I found the older I get, your feet do get a bit out of shape. And I'm having to come to the place where I might have to visit that Green Cross shoe shop. <laughs> the more comfy. I, I'm not into how it looks. I'm into comfortable. I've got to be able to walk miles. Can I say to you, beautiful feet have a story to tell because we've processed the pain and walked forward into what God has. There's a beautiful verse of Scripture in Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 21. Where for 40 years you sustained them in the desert, they lacked nothing. Their clothes did not wear out, and it says this, their feet did not become swollen. Too many people with swollen feet, they've lost their story. It was last week, uh, as I said, I'm back playing squash. And I was in the gym just changing. And I heard this one particular guy, he was showing people the scar on his back and it was a ticket to the scar, beep, 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 these doctors, I better go for this operation twice, beep, and I'm lame here and I can't do this and I can't do that. And he was just letting everybody know. Now under Mark chapter 16, verses 17 and 18, which says, those who believe in my name, they'll what? Lay hands on the sick, pray in other tongues, cast down demons. So I heard him talking. So I said, when I introduced myself, I said, I'm Wally. He said, I'm Stephen. I said, I couldn't help overhearing what you were saying about your back and the lameness. I said, Jesus has given me the gift of healing in my hands, and I'd love to pray for your back. So he goes, quiet. Because he's got an audience. He goes, quiet. <laughs> so he says to me, I've got a card. I'll give you my card. We'll make an appointment. I said, no, Steve, now. 
Then out of the blue, Tony, old man Tony, he's like, he's 84, plays squash. Six years prior to that, he messed up his knees. And he mentioned that. I said, Tony, can I pray for your knees? Prayed for them. And for the last six years, his knees have been great. So he pops up. He says, hey, you, you need to let Wally pray for your back. Six years ago, he prayed for my knees, and I had not a stitch of problem, and I'm still playing squash. So it was so cool, and I've got Tony. Then all of a sudden, there's a bit of a crowd. All the guys have caught it apart. I look around, and there's another guy I can see light in his eyes. I said, are you a believer? He says, yes. So I said, come and join me. We're going to pray for Steve's back. Say, this guy, Steve, he's got no Christian background. He just looks at me. Like, <laughs> so I've learned if, you, if another person stare intimidates you, just close your eyes. So I said, Jesus, because of your kindness, you heal people. Because of your great love, you heal people. But Jesus, I ask you, touch his back, touch his heart, open his eyes that he can see you, Jesus. Amen. We left. And I, it's, it's amazing how God arranges it. I've bumped into him two or three times. We're meeting up this coming Monday, 6.30 for a coffee and a, and a deeper chat on things that count. So what was it? In the gym, my feet had come out of my tackies. They were smelly, but I made them quickly beautiful. How are your feet? Point number four, beautiful feet are clean and healthy feet, not smelly feet. I can tell you one of the most horrific flights I ever had. It had nothing to do with turbulence. It had nothing to do with... It had to do with the person in front of me that as we took off, he took off his tackies. The whole flight. I was like... I thought the gas masks were going to drop down. I remember saying to Shirley, I'm going to tap him on the shoulder and say, please, friend... For the health and well-being of this whole flight, put your tackies back on. They were rotten. They were bad. But you know, so often we don't even smell our own feet. That's the tragedy. We don't smell them. Now, you know what? There's a guy in the Bible in 1 Kings chapter 15 and in 2 Chronicles chapter 16. It's interesting but equally tragic story of King Asa who for 39 years walked with God. He walked with God, but something happened. And he lost the plot. And it says he was afflicted with a disease in his feet. And that disease was so severe, yet even in his illness, he did not inquire help from the Lord, but only from his physicians, and he died. And then his son Jehoshaphat took over. Can I say to you this morning, every single day, there are 101 things that will cause your foot and mouth disease. How many of you know it's a little stone in a shoe that can irritate the daylights out of you? How many of you know it's a little things in relationships that irritates you? We need to forgive today tomorrow's offenses. We need to make sure we don't let little stones creep in. Because otherwise we could have the casualty of King Asa. Now wanting to conclude, how does God make our feet beautiful? I believe firstly, is when we begin to live at the feet of Him, Jesus, the most beautiful one of all. Can I say to you this morning, that as we worshipped Jesus earlier, 
to live a life in awe of Him, to live a life of surrender and abandonment to Him, and His beautiful feet will make your feet beautiful. There's in Luke chapter 7, there's a beautiful story of this woman that gate crashed a party, but it says she came up behind Jesus at His feet and wet His feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. Can I say to you this morning, does Jesus still woo and wow your heart? Does he still take your breath away? Does he still melt you at the knees? Does he still, oh Jesus. Or we become so familiar with him and our feet have got a bit dusty and dirty. I want to say to you this morning, church, never neglect your devotion with Him. And don't say an amen when you've finished. Live a devotional life to Him. Let your work and wherever you go see that you're devoted to Him. Secondly, to keep your foot beautiful, live a life of thanksgiving to Him. Remember Luke 17, that one leper, when he saw that he was healed, one out of the ten came back, it says, threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked Him. If you want to keep your feet beautiful, live a life of thanksgiving to Him. Mary was another person that had beautiful feet. Where did she sit? She sat at Jesus' feet, listening to His words. I want to conclude with, I believe, a very prophetic, symbolic way of the way Jesus opened up the city of Jerusalem for the gospel. We're all very familiar of Acts chapter 3, the man that was crippled and he was laid at the gate called Beautiful, where he was begging. Remember that incident you found in Acts chapter 3? And that one particular day, Peter and John walked past. Now that man literally had broken feet, ankles, knees, whatever it was, he was crippled. Peter and John walked by, miraculously healed. He got up and he leapt but it was at the gate beautiful and his life and his feet became beautiful because wherever he went thereon, he was preaching the gospel. You know why I know in, in Acts chapter 4 verse 16, it says everyone living in Jerusalem knows that Peter and John have done this outstanding miracle and we cannot deny it. See, when you and I have beautiful feet, there's going to be miracles that are going to flow. And others are not going to be able to deny it. Now this morning as we conclude, we're going to be breaking bread together. Now you might say, well, Wally, how are we going to tie this together about beautiful feet? You know, when Jesus broke bread, it was called the Last Supper. And after that, eating a meal, he had the bread and he had the grape juice, the wine, symbolic of his blood and the bread of his body. And the fascinating, interesting thing I found, that when they'd finished, do you remember he took a basin and a towel and he began to wash his disciples' feet? Reflectively, he was beginning to show them two things, I believe. Firstly, what true servant leadership is all about, serving. Secondly, I believe, he was saying, guys, disciples, you've got the beauty of the gospel to take outside but you've got to have clean feet. You've got to have beautiful feet. 
Don't let your feet get dusty and dirty and contaminated. Keep your feet beautiful. And this morning as we break bread together, there's two things I want you to keep in focus. Firstly, and say, Jesus, I want you to freshly wow my heart again with the person of who you are. And secondly, Jesus, my heart, my feet, I want you to be clean them, that I can live a life beyond these four walls that reflects you, the essence of the gospel, who you are.